And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Just like last year, the top two organizations will square off with events on the same night. Not only will they be in the same state on the same date, but also in the same area. January 26th, Bellator in LA, Bader versus Fedor. The finale of the heavyweight Grand Prix will take place at the Forum in Inglewood. The winner of that match gets the strap. 50, please don't sue us. But yes, they do get the Bellator heavyweight title with a victory. Now, Dana White told the L.A. Times that UFC 233 is going to be held at the Honda Center in Anaheim, which is just about an hour down the road from the forum in Inglewood. No fights have been announced yet, but with the kind of results that Bellator 208 had, the UFC could start off the year with a pay-per-view L if they don't have the right kinds of people on that card a couple of former fighters have been in hot water with Johnny Law recently Tough 17 alum Bubba McDaniels threatened to and I quote put a bullet in the head of the man he suspects killed his two year old son he said I told everybody I want to kill him I feel like I need to kill this man for my son or I'm not a man. I told the cops I'm not searching for him, but if I see him, I'll kill him. This is a quote from the Slip and Dip podcast where McDaniel was sharing his heart about the situation. Everything started with some Facebook posts and then I think he showed up at the location. The man in question or that he's speaking about is the boyfriend of the child's mother, uh, which obviously is his, his being Bob McDaniel's ex. All right. Another tough alum, this time tough one finalist, a man who helped put the sport on the map. Stephen, the American psycho Bonner, was detained at gunpoint by concerned citizens due to him being so intoxicated that he was incoherent. The Nevada Highway Patrol's report had him doing 90 miles an hour, at least 90 miles an hour at different times in his Cadillac swerving between lanes. Body cam footage is available on all the MTMV sports handles. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you can check out those feeds and see the body cam footage of the highway patrol removing him from the car and with the help of the concerned citizens around uh, taking him into custody. Now, these are some serious situations with possible dire consequences. So I'm praying for both of these men. 
Now, I said a moment ago that Stephen Bonner helped to put the sport on the map. He did so in the tough finale in a Hall of Fame worthy fight with Forrest Griffin. That took place on Spike TV. So I want to salute Kevin K because without him, this podcast would not exist. K was an executive for decades with Viacom. And when no stations would give MMA a chance, I mean, I think they probably just gotten back on pay-per-view not too long before that, maybe a couple years before that, and they were really in dire straits being the UFC. If it wasn't for K, green lighting the ultimate fighter. If it wasn't for him standing behind combat sports in general, yeah, MMA probably would not exist. He also was behind the acquisition of Bellator. He helped get PBC on Spike Now, the Paramount Network. He was also responsible for all kinds of television programming that if you grew up in the 90s or regardless of whether you grew up in the 90s, have had an indelible impact on society. I mean, he's responsible for shows like all that, Kenan and Kel, and SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, that worldwide phenomenon. Kevin K was behind it. I don't know what led to his dismissal, but I do know that the world is a better place because of his contributions. All right, fight fans, that's it for headlines and hot takes. Now it's time to go between the ropes. And step into the cage. I'm sorry, step into the ring for the old one, two. Time for the old one, two. And in boxing news, last week, Daniel Jacobs won his bout on HBO. And that was the last fight of his contract on that station. Now he's being rumored to face Canelo Alvarez on May 4th. That would take place on the zone because Canelo just signed a huge deal to have his fights on the zone. 11 fights on the zone. Now, Jacobs is a part of matchroom boxing, so it's highly probable that he'll continue his career on the streaming platform, which has a one billion with a B dollar deal with the zone. Now, his last fight did the lowest in his career numbers on HBO, peaking at five hundred thirty three thousand. But. I'm sure the zone will be happy to get those as that represents $5.3 million a month for them. Now, Triple G's promoter, Tom Loeffler, is reportedly engaged with advanced talks, also with the zone, according to 
Ring magazine from the sources that they have. That would be a huge, huge win for the zone. You got Anthony Joshua, Canelo, and possibly Triple G, the three biggest fighters out there right now in boxing, all under one roof. Woo! The zone is not playing, and I am not mad about it in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Looking forward to seeing any and every fight that I can on that platform. Yeah, loving the zone, and I'm loving what they are doing. They have started off with a bang, letting everybody know we are here to take over combat sports in the U.S. Now, another player in combat sports and someone else who is in the mix with Triple G is ESPN Plus because they stream top ranked boxing and are really making moves in that arena as well. On Saturday, November 3rd from El Paso, Texas, they will be broadcasting Miguel Burslett who's ranked number one, taking on Miguel Roman. So Miguel versus Miguel, Michael versus Michael in Espanol. 12 rounds for the junior lightweight WBC title, which is held by Burchell currently. On that same day, from Glasgow, Scotland, on the zone. So both of these on streaming platforms. Seems like that's the way to go for combat sports moving forward. You got Ryan Burnett ranked number three taking on Nonito Donaire in a 12-round bantamweight fight for Burnett's WBA title. Not only is it for that title, but it is a World Boxing Super Series quarterfinal matchup. Talking about ESPN... You know, they got some things on ESPN Plus, lots and lots of boxing there. But they're going old school on Thursday and putting a fight on ESPN 2. You got Nico Macias taking on Jesus Soto Caracas. That's going to be a 10-round junior middleweight bout. And again, that'll be on Thursday, November 8th. All right. Time to step out of the squared circle and into the cage. And in the next segment, we'll be giving you a preview of UFC 230. UFC 230 will take place at the Mecca. Madison Square Garden headlining the bout will be 21-1 Daniel D.C. Cormier and the D.C. doesn't stand for Daniel Cormier it stands for double champ he'll be taking on the 21-5 Derek the Black Beast Lewis these two fighters were both born in the boot That's right, Louisiana. And now they're going to square off for the heavyweight title. 
on three weeks notice for a fighter with admitted cardio issues. Is this too soon for Lewis? For DC, you risk an undefeated heavyweight record and you put a career-making matchup with Brock Lesnar in jeopardy against a man who just showed his heart in a performance of the night fight against Vulcan Ozdemir. Oh, and DC is injured. That's what makes this fight such a toss-up. Something else about this fight that is notable is that this has been very, very refreshing to have a fight that's intriguing without the drama. Both fighters seem to be taking this very seriously. All the footage that I've seen of Derrick Lewis show him doing cardio. I've seen him doing anything but cardio. And by the way, that man is fast. I'm surprised he didn't play football. He can move. DC, he's saying all the right things. But this is the kind of fight where what should happen doesn't always happen. All it takes is one shot and Derek Lewis will be the heavyweight champion of the world. At the same time, DC's grappling pedigree and championship experience should give him the clear advantage. Every other fight on UFC 230's main card is going to be contested at middleweight with the exception of the main event. Uh, and it should be a dandy. The co-main event, you have Chris, the all-American Wideman, 14 and 3, taking on 25 and 6, Ronaldo Jacare Souza. On paper, this is a grappler's dream. You got New York's own top flight wrestler from an acclaimed BJJ school and MMA camp versus arguably the best Brazilian jiu-jitsu player in MMA who's coming off a KO win in his last bout. This came very, very close to being the Voices Marquee matchup, but my biases won't allow me to do that. We'll talk about that a little later. Anyway, this matchup is something that hardcores have wanted to see forever. A win for Wideman and the former champ should be next in line for the title. If Jacare wins, he'll keep his spot in the top five, but no title fight for him. His last two losses were to the champ in Robert the Reaper Whitaker better known as Bobby Knuckles and the challenger which is Kelvin Gastelum they're gonna fight next year sometime but seeing as he lost to both of them recently whoever wins yeah that's probably not gonna happen will grappling be nullified turning this into a striking affair or will someone's ground game reign supreme we won't know until the pin drops, the cage door locks, the thumbs go up, and they start the clock.
The third fight on this card has 10 and 4, Jared the Killer Gorilla Cannoneer versus 22 and 4, David Branch. And this is a consolation fight for Branch as he was scheduled for a fight that he went to great lengths campaigning for, which was a fight against Jacare. I mean, this man made videos. He did all kinds of stuff that he normally does not do. Bought alligator to say, I'm going to eat Jacare because Jacare means crocodile in Portuguese. I mean, just did all kinds of stuff. Got the fight. Not only did he get the fight, but he gets it in New York City, which is where he lives. Then former champ Rockhold fell out of his fight with former champ Wyman. So up comes Jacare to take that spot, leaving Branch opponentless. Not for long, though. In-step Cannoneer who is really in a no-lose situation. It'll be interesting to see how this fight plays out, especially seeing that Cannoneer is just two years removed from his last fight at heavyweight. Heavyweight, 265 pounds. And he'll be making his middleweight, 185-pound debut versus a native son of New York, in the Big Apple. Next fight, or I should say the second fight that you'll see on the main card has six and one Carl Baby K Roberson versus the 22 and seven Welshman Jack the Hammer Marshman. The Hammer's been trading wins and losses since he made his UFC debut with a TKO of Magnus Seedenblad about two years ago. Baby K is a season one Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum, and he'll be looking to rebound from his first loss, uh, which took place this past May. Look for the crowd to be behind the New Jersey native in Roberson as he makes his debut there in the Mecca, Madison Square Garden in front of all of the fans from that region. The curtain jerker and also the voices marquee matchup pits 18 and six Derek Brunson versus the undefeated 14 and no Israel, the last style bender. I they sign you. That's right. Niger stand up. You of a man stand up. I told you my biases would not allow me to let any other fight be the voices marquee matchup because of the fact that we got Niger in the house. But on top of that, woo, it's so much going on in the backstory of this fight. Both of these combatants have been drawn at each other since the fight was made. Right before the press conference that announced all the fights of the final quarter, the two had an encounter at the hotel bar. Izzy said he shook Brunson's hand to size him up, and they had to be separated by security after he sized him up. Derek, on the other hand, said that he feels that what 
Izzy does, as far as outer talking is concerned, though, he appreciates his confidence. He feels like it's really for show. It's like, otherwise, why would I sign you come and shake my hand? Brunson also feels like he is too experienced for Israel. Claims that the kids' ground game can't keep up with his three-time division to All-American Wrestling. In an interview with Mike Bond of MMA Junkie, Derek admitted that he wants to test him there. Said Izzy looks uncomfortable on the ground. While the brash Nigerian says Bronson has never faced a fighter like him and points to his last victory over Brad Tavares as an example of his grappling abilities. With 11 of Derek's wins coming by knockout, he feels like he's going to use that to overshadow the dynamic striking prowess of Adesanya and take away his claim to fame. If Brunson sticks to that strategy, oh, this has fight of the night written all over it. Or at least performance of the night because it's highly probable that somebody's going to sleep. Okay, I am adding a new section to the previews called the shout outs on the voice. So I'm shouting out some fights. These are undercar fights that if you have the time, may be worth checking out. On FS1, you have the premiere fight, or I should say the featured fight on FS1. Yeah, that should be a real good one. You got Jason the Kid Knight, a.k.a. Hick Diaz, a.k.a. Mississippi Mean, taking on Jordan Rinaldi. What makes this one really interesting is that Knight recently moved to Team Alpha Male. So it's going to be interesting to see how that change has impacted his skill set. And he needed to have some kind of change because he was like on a two or three fight losing streak. The former headliner for this card, uh, Sajara Eubanks, will be taking on Roxanne the Happy Warrior Mata Ferry. Sarge is living in the New York area, training with, uh, I believe, Nick Cantone and Eddie Alvarez and, and all those guys there in the uh, in the New Jersey area. So she should have a nice bit of a push behind her from the people. And then also it's a little bit of heat on this because, again, she was for a week, not even a full week, headlining this card for the title against Valentina Shevchenko. Now the fight pass feature bout. Woo, man. Yeah, that should be a phenomenal matchup. You got Matt, the steamroller for Vola, who's out of Sarah Longo right there in New York, taking on Groovy Lando Venata. Uh, steamroller for Vola is also a Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum. His last fight, he got knocked out here in St. Louis by Marco Polo Reyes. So he's looking to rebound at home. But he's got a tough, tough matchup because I haven't seen a fight. Not one fight that Groovy Lando has had in the UFC that's been anything short of amazing and exciting. 
All right, fight fans. That's it for my UFC 230 preview. Coming up next, I'll be sounding off. Sports fans rejoice. My team, my voice. And to keep up with MTMV Sports, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. If you want to talk to me directly, I am The Voice on all social media. And that's T-H-A-V-O-Y-Z-E. Our podcasts get released via Anchor. So if you want to get it first, hot off the presses, that's the place to go. There, you can choose to support us monthly as well. There's a subscription, uh, or I should say a patron fee that you can do there. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, however many dollars you want to give. We'll be happy to receive those. We also have a Patreon account if you want to do it that way. Giving will help us expand our ability to bring high quality sports content to you. You can also help us out a lot by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. If you're an Android user, we are featured content on Podcast Republic. But you can also catch us on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. It's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV main card, and I'm sounding off.